This is Austin Pace with BYU-Idaho Radio, and I'm joined with Dr. Brandon Ferris, the new superintendent for the Fremont School District. Ferris is originally from Jerome, Idaho, but currently lives in Buffalo, Wyoming with his wife and three kids. Ferris served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in London, England, which initially sparked his love for education. Ferris got his associate degree from the College of Southern Idaho and received his bachelor's, master's, and and doctoral degrees in Idaho State University. Dr. Ferris, thanks again for joining me. Thank you, Austin. It is wonderful to be with you. Awesome. Well, tell me about you and your family. What do you guys like to do in your free time? Sure. Yes, absolutely. So let's see. We have... um, my, my wife, Nicole, and I um, will be married for 28 years this year and um, just, of course, continues to be my very best friend ever and um, the love of my life. And we have Decker is uh, our oldest. He will graduate this year from high school and plans to go directly into the mission field this summer. Um, Gretchen is, uh, she's a junior, will be a senior next year at Fremont County. Um, that was, she was one of the ones we even kind of told her, you understand this is your senior year coming, coming this year. So if you, you've got a lot of say so on this move and at the end, in the end, she felt like it was going to be worth it being closer to cousins and to Chick-fil-A. So there you go. (laughs) She's got priorities. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) And then we've got, Benson, who is um, currently a second grader, so he'll be a third grader next year in Fremont County. And as a family, we love to do anything outdoors. Our number one thing probably in the winter is skiing, um, alpine snow skiing. So the last few years, I've actually joined um, the National Ski Patrol just because it kind of helps us. I like doing it. It's fun, but also it gets us a free family pass at our local um, ski hill. So as we relocate to eastern Idaho, um, we're going to be looking uh, at maybe possibly I would I would like to maybe do that some more. So probably looking at Kelly Canyon. Um, Targi's wonderful. I don't ski like that. I'm not a professional patrolman. I'm a volunteer patrolman, which we are just as important. But anyway, <laughs> um, so probably look for something like that. And we love my wife loves to Nordic ski. So we're pretty excited for Harriman Harriman State Park. We have skied in there before and we love that area. So so we love pretty much anything outdoors. We love to fly fish. We love to camp. We have dirt bikes. So we love the dirt bikes and anxious to check out the, the sand dunes, which we have not ridden it at really at all. And just excited to come back. That is home for us. We're both, Nicole is from Pocatello, Idaho, and a big part of our family lives in Pocatello, including all of Nicole's family. But we love Pocatello area and the East Idaho area. My sister and her husband live in Pocatello. I've got a brother that lives in California, brother that lives in Utah. And then um, all of Nicole's family lives in Pocatello. So that's where the cousins comes from and that connection. So we're really excited to be that close, closer. And then another big piece is we always wanted to, as you know, all, all of our children are adopted. And so we, we got them when we got them. And that's why Benson's kind of a straggler. <laughs> just We kind of made up our mind years ago. We weren't going to, you know, we, did, we couldn't control when the kids were coming, but we weren't going to say no. And so that's how we ended up getting Benson. Definitely later in life for both of us, but he keeps us young. And we, hope, we were hopeful that <clears throat> if the kids, the older two, once they got settled, maybe in college life, we could be closer to them so that they could still be a big part of our life and then also Benson's life too, because he'll be, he'll just be 10 years old when technically there's, we're kind of empty nesters other than him. So um, we're hopeful that they'll, 
choose wisely and look at BYUI um, and look at Idaho State University, which is both Nicole and I's alma mater. But um, I actually tend- attended Rick's College for one semester back in the day, would have been 1987 before <clears throat> before I um, served a mission. So, but just didn't didn't work out to come to come back to that part of Idaho. But we're super excited to be there now. But we certainly love all things outdoors and love spending time together as a family really with anything game nights are are fun and something that we look forward to as well so this will be a a good transition for you guys there's a lot of stuff to do over here in eastern idaho i've only been here for a little bit but i've already found a ton of stuff to do so i'm sure you guys will enjoy it oh yes yep we are we are really excited so you attribute your love and passion for education to your mission in england what experiences did you have there that sparked your desire to pursue education? Yes, and that's, <clears throat> I know not every, it's, it's a lifetime of, of things, but that I can, it's easy for me to pinpoint it there. So I think as a as a young 19-year-old missionary, again, this is in the 80s, 1980s in, in London, England, well, you're meeting people and you're talking with people and you, and you learn to love the people while you get to know them. And so many people there, because at the time, <clears throat> London had, over 40 universities, I believe 42 universities in London at that time. And London ge- geographically is not a large place. Well, anyway, there's so many people, and that's who essentially as missionaries we talked with a lot, was people that had come literally from almost every continent, I mean, everywhere to attend, all over Europe, Asia, Africa, the Americas. People would come to England, and many of them at huge sacrifice you know both financially they would sell everything they had come to london work three part-time jobs live in an apartment or as they call it a flat live in a flat where with many other people you know as many people slammed in there as you could and do all of this just to get an education to get a to get a university education and i will be i'll be honest you know at that point i had kind of stumbled my way through high school, probably caring more about sports than I did education and caring more about friends than education. Came to a semester of Rick's college. Again, I guess definitely taking a lot of things for granted. And I think it was, you know, being being in the mission field and seeing this firsthand, it, it sparked with me that this is important. This is something that people are willing to sacrifice, you know, everything for. And I just kind of made a little mental note that I wasn't going to do that anymore. And so when I got back, I just had that, that drive and that more of that focus on this is something that's really, really important. You were in London. You met all these people that, that did everything for their education. And I was kind of the same way as you in high school. I cared more about sports and friends than I did about my education. So I guess those experiences for you helped you propel your love and your passion and your desire to receive a university education. Is that what sparked your passion for wanting to pursue a career in education? Yes. I think to start with, it was, um, you know, university is important. I'm, I'm going to go there and I'm going to be successful. And at the time when I started, I, I kind of latched into the, I kind of found a little bit of a home in the psychology department and so that's where I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in psychology. And I felt like, well, maybe 
maybe this would be an area where I would be working with, you know, and I, I didn't, especially I, I thought a bachelor's degree was perfect for what I wanted to do. I wanted to work out, you know, in the field. And so I, I got a job where I was working with um, adults with developmental disabilities, which was super rewarding and super challenging. And then I, I was working with a client that was actually going back up to Idaho State University and with doing with doing some therapy up there. I, I popped into I liked working with um, uh, students and people, um, adults at that time with developmental disabilities. And so I, I walked into the um, the special ed department at Idaho State University and said, what would it take? to work with maybe a younger crowd and work with, I found this that I kind of like um, working with, with students with developmental disabilities. And I, I like the challenge of it. And I really like the special ed programs. And uh, this is, this is an awesome thing that I can say. I got extremely wonderful counseling. And I said, do I, this, uh, I happened to talk to the head of the department at the time. What was Carl, uh, Carol Stinson. And Carol said, she looked at me and if you knew Carol, she was quite a character and she snapped her fingers and said, this is how quick you can get in the program. And I said, wow, this is amazing. Should I go get another bachelor's degree in special ed? She said, you already have a bachelor's degree. Why don't you come and get an, a master's degree in special ed? And to be honest, I hadn't quite made that jump of thinking I was, I was going to get a master's degree. And so I did. And within, within, gosh, a month of that conversation, it happened that then I was a GA. So I was a graduate assistant for actually in the reading department, which wasn't even my field. But Dr. Stenson made these things happen quickly. And I, looking back, I was probably one of the few token males in a very um, rich female environment. In fact, the other students used to tease me a lot because I was in, I was in a lot of classes with with um, female teachers, and they will attest to that I got, I must have gotten it much easier because I was a male in special ed. <laughs> so, and I, and I took full advantage of that. It was wonderful. <laughs> and then as soon as I finished that uh, degree, I, I was lucky enough to land a teaching job in Pocatello, um, teaching special ed, and again, next to some wonderful people. And special ed, I would have a big shout out for that because I got to be in so many classrooms right off the bat because special ed, it was a big, a big time for inclusion, which was wonderful. And so students that were on, you know, being served by special ed, were, we were trying to get most of their services in regular classrooms and kind of a combination between. And I got to see right off what, what great teaching looked like I, I really did so i think that was you know those years of teaching special ed i consider super valuable and i had a principal at the time that said why don't you look at administration and so then i went and kind of got another master's degree in special ed uh, or excuse me in in administration and we looked at it and as a family we thought financially we were really solid on wanting to wanting to have nicole be stay at home and be able to support our family and all those ways from home. And part of that financially was uh, looking at a jump to administration. And that's kind of what drove that. And 
after that, again, had kind of not really looking at going forward and had a professor. We were look, we were at a school where they were looking at doing the four-day school week. And so I, I was doing automatically a lot of work, a lot of background on that. And it, it was a much newer thing back then. This is, again, probably you know, 15, 20 years ago kind of a thing. And not as many school districts were doing it. And the stuff that I had on that, the information and all of that, I wrote it up for a class that I was taking towards my ed specialist which Idaho has, which is halfway between a master's, we'll say, and a, and a doctorate. And so um, I had a professor that says, you know, have you got an idea for your dissertation? And I said, I don't know that I was really planning on staying and, and going through there. He said, well, this four-day week information that you have would be fantastic for a dissertation. He said, why don't you, every class that you start doing now, whether it's school law or whether it's, you know, any, anything, anything to do with education classes, finance, why don't you tie a piece of the four-day week to that as you're doing it? And then you might just have the makings of a, of a pretty okay or a pretty good dissertation. And so we did. And um, that was, that's kind of what we started doing. And I say we, because I include my wife, it's definitely a, a team effort in all things, you know, and going through and pushing through is a huge thing for our family. In fact, the dissertation we'd went through, we, you know, the dissertation, I think I was, you know, and I'm working as an administrator at that time too, but it's, you know, I'm probably two to three years just on my dissertation. It was, it was a lot. I mean, it was challenging. It was a really challenging educational pinnacle of my life i guess so to speak and you're you know and the kids especially our older two they just grew up with me having classes and studying at night and doing these things and in fact we were getting they were both in elementary school and this is good for yeah your kids will keep you grounded <laughs> um, so they said they were there was a confusion of me earning my doctorate you know, in education, educational leadership, and being a doctor as a physician or, you know, in the medical field. And so, you know, I'm a master educator at this time, I think. So I'm, I sit them down and I explain to them, this is the difference between a, a physician or someone who has their, you know, that doctorate in the medical field, or this is what I'm, you know, I'm in the educational field, and this is even the engineering field or these type of things and did it. And soon as I finished, I think I'm clear as a bell. And Decker says, so basically, Dad, you're going to be a doctor that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> so said, well, okay, before I could say anything, Gretchen said, I think it's great you're going to be a doctor, Dad, but if I get hurt at school, I'm going to the school nurse. <laughs> so I found out that I wasn't as crystal clear and my bedside manner is nowhere near as kind as a school nurse. So, <laughs> so yeah, but it's been a wonderful journey. So I guess back to your original question, I knew that schooling was important. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but staying at university I think, you know, following the spirit for your life and being in good places at good times, good things have happened. And so then that's kind of my my journey so far in education and what has kept me there. I, I definitely I feel like it's it's the place I was called to serve and I can't imagine doing anything else. Some days I have headaches like everybody else, but especially in the fall of the year when things are getting rolling and people are coming off of summer and I can't imagine doing anything else other than just being at a school. And that's what I've done for a lot 
a lot of years now and it's it's felt good and I want to keep doing it for a lot of years. So what has been your favorite part of your career in education? Do you have like a, any specific moment? Absolutely. Being around people, I think, that are positive, people that are drawn to education are usually my people. And they're not, it doesn't make them better than any other people other than, in my opinion, they're, they're there for the right reason. They're positive. They speak my language. And yeah, we're probably quirky. You know, I've been at middle schools for a lot of years and we're kind of all quirky together, but it, it works out and I enjoy it. I love being around the students and seeing that change. I think one of the career changes from working with adults, as I mentioned, and then kind of making that switch to work with students, I think you see the growth quicker and, um, I really find that rewarding. I mean, like, as I said, I can be coming, you know, I can be having a really rough, challenging day, be out in the hallways during class time and start talking to students, which I was a minute ago about basketball games. We're hosting basketball tonight and they're excited and it's arrivals coming to town and that kind of stuff just puts you in a, an automatic better mood. And I don't know where you get that direct feedback other than at schools and in my world. I'm sure other jobs have it too, but it's just, it's such a thing. So definitely working with students, working with teachers and families, and and I love education. I mean, I'm a, I'm a student of education and you try to be there for all things. I was talking with a friend of mine that he's in a similar, he's been an administrator for, we'll say over 20 years for both of us. And we decided to form the Century Club, which is not really a thing because we just made it up. But anyway, the Century Club is if you've chaperoned more than over 100 school dances in your lifetime. <laughs> so if, if you've done that, you're in the club. But I'm going to tell you right now, Austin, a lot of people do not want to be in that club. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you'll be taking over as the new superintendent in Fremont County on July 1st. What are your goals for your first year as superintendent? Absolutely. No, great question. You, you come in and I think it's, it's a, number one, I'm going to try and start to build relationships with all stakeholders, with everyone. And it's not just a one and done kind of a thing. I mean, it's something that you come in and people need to get to know me and I need to get to know them from teaching staff, support staff, to parents, to students, to other administrators. It's just, it's a big thing. Everything we do, I think, is based on trust. And if people, if people can come to trust me, which is not easily earned, but if they can come to trust me, then they're, I want them to know that I'm going to do what's best for our school district as a whole and what's best for student learning. And then I think you, you're going to try, I'm going to listen more than I speak. I'm going to watch and learn things. And then I'm going to be watching closely to see how can we strategically move our district in the way that we want to go. I mean, once I kind of get to know the flow and know the, the, the goals and the, the things that we're trying to do as a school district and what's important to us to focus on, then I pinpoint my focus on those things. And I try to help us move in that direction by offering my support in whether it's resources, whether it's, uh, you know, previous experiences, but then we, we try to plan and to move our district in that direction. Because at the end of the day, I mean, parents take a, a huge gamble on us. They send their kids to us every single day and they expect a, a day of 
of education. And that's what I want to deliver. I want, I want people to know first and foremost, you send your student, you live in, you, you, you go to the Fremont County school districts, you are getting the best bang for your buck. Your student is going to be challenged. They're going to, they're going to be, um, they're going to know that they can be successful. They're going to be supported. They're going to be championed, cheerleaded through the whole process. And that's what, that's what we want. That's what I want to be a part of is a district that does that so that we can see. And it doesn't bother me when I'm at the grocery store, at the movies, out in the woods, or at, the church, at church, if, if people come up to me and talk about school stuff. That's what I do. I, you, don't, you don't turn that off at 5 o'clock at night or 7 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock at night. It's, it's what I do. And I want to be responsible for that. And I want people to know that we're we're down for the cause. That's what, that's what I am. So. Right. So what you're saying is you, you have all of this experience in education, but you're also going to a new place where people know what they're doing. So you're going to want to, you're wanting to listen and you're wanting to, I guess, use what you've learned in all of your years of education and what they've learned being in that in Fremont County for so long and work together instead of just a new person coming in saying, Hey, this is what we're doing. We're doing a, B and C. You're wanting to listen and really make sure that you're doing what's best for each and every student. Absolutely. I mean, Fremont County, one of the things that drawn us to it, we love the area, we love the schools, and we love the things that they're doing, that they're working on. And we want to be a part of that, a positive part of that steady movement. And in education, you've always got things that, that we can improve on. That's just the nature of it. And I think being focused on those things and, and celebrating the things that we do well. A lot of times in education, we don't, we don't do enough PR and we don't say enough of the great things that we're doing every day. I mean, I'm spoiled. I get to walk down a school and go in classrooms. I see a hundred positive things every single day, but sometimes we don't let the community know that. And that's where I also think communication is a big piece of that and letting them know and using our stakeholders, for, you know, before we make these big, you know, big decisions, as far as these are things, this is why we want to do it. This is how we think we're going to get there. And this is, again, is where we want to be. We want to be transparent. And this is where, this is why we're doing these things. And then public has not a hard time getting behind you. So you obviously have a burning passion for education, what advice do you give to high school students who are still deciding if college is the right decision for them? And what advice do you give to young college students who may be struggling? Absolutely. Um, number one, I would say be prayerful. Be prayerful and be open to inspiration. It is. It has guided me through my career as much as it has guided me through my striving to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I think if you're in those right places at those right times, the right thing's going to happen. I would say keep keep as many doors open a, as you can. And the way you do that is, be, you know, having good attendance, working hard at school, making the most of your high school education. You know, there's students that can come through high school and do X amount of things. And then there's students who come through high school and can do threefold as many things. Take advantage of those opportunities. You know, I, I, one of the biggest things, I was principal at a high school for a number of years, and so many times high, uh, students at the high school, you would see they kind of limit themselves and think, well, this is what I want to do, or this is what my goals are, or this is the only thing I'm good at, or, well, I'm not good enough at 
science to pursue this kind of career. Do not limit yourself. The wonderful thing about our American educational system is there's a lot of built-in do-overs, and sometimes you have to take advantage of them. I know I have. I mean, I was a much more serious student after my mission. And you know what? I was a much more serious student after I was married. And I was a much more serious student once I decided this was where my education was going to go. So I think you, you know, don't, don't limit yourselves. Um, absolutely. And I will say, university is not for every student. I understand that. There's, that's why there's so many wonderful other fields, you know, uh, the, the, the trade schools and fields have just grown astronomically during the, the, the span of my career and continues to do so. And there's some wonderful, wonderful opportunities out there. But um, be open to those things. Be thoughtful about those. Be prayerful and make your plans now. I had somebody tell me, you know, when you get a master's degree, if you get a, a doctorate degree, if you get a, a, a an HVAC certification, if you get a plumbing certification, any of those type of things, all of those things put more crayons in your box. And at the end of the day, try to get as many of those crayons in your box as you can. So be willing to do it and be willing to make the sacrifice for it. Don't let other side things pull you away from that because it is difficult and it does take a sacrifice to, to be a student in, in any area. Be willing to do that because we do, which has been said before, we live in a world that, you know, people, you will be paid for what the world deems your worth. And a lot of times that worth is based on certificates, degrees, be willing to pay the price for that because it pays so many dividends on the other end that, I mean, I can't even, there's not a week that goes by that I'm not grateful for the opportunities that we've had as a family and, and uh, specifically, I guess, in my professional career in life. And you, as an individual, make those, you make some of those things happen. Some of those things happen by absolute divine intervention and but you still, you need to take advantage of those things. And so, yeah, don't, don't limit yourself and have, have grand expectations and have great goals and work towards them. And hopefully you can, at the end of it, feel like you're at the right place at the right spot, which I really believe you get there. And then, I mean, for me, education in Fremont County is a place where my wildest dreams will come true. That was Dr. Brandon Ferris, the new superintendent for the Fremont School District. Thanks again for joining me, Dr. Ferris. Thank you, Austin.